Hi, this is um, Joseph Varley presents. Um, welcome. Um, welcome to our show. We're so happy to have Sharon um, Milliman, and we're waiting for Diana White Eagle to call in. So, um, <clears throat> so Sharon um, has a book. She's an author, and she has a book called A, a Song in the Wind. And do you want to talk about the book, Sharon? Sure. My book is about my near-death experience. Well, actually, two near-death experiences. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, you bet. I'm, I'm oh, okay. here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, the So what had happened was, Sharon, you were struck by lightning. Um, then this last one, I understand, and you, <clears throat> of course, had a near-death experience. You went to heaven. And tell us about right. that. Well, um, I was sitting outside in my backyard and got struck by lightning, and um, I died, and I went to heaven. And I saw my two brothers who had died as babies. And they were full-grown men when I saw them. Um, I originally thought that they were angels, but I, when I saw them, um, they wow. looked so much like my dad. <laughs> they were um, full-grown <clears throat> men. Yeah, and your brothers had passed when they were young, you said. Yes, they were babies when they died, wow. and um, and now they they're were, six foot something blondes. Yeah, they were beautiful. Wow, they're full grown men, blonde hair, blue eyes. And you eyes. know, I want I want the audience to understand this that um, the more that we understand and more we study this, the more do we find. Just like the movie, I happened to watch that movie for the first time. Um, heaven is real, and I was so blown away by, you know, and you remember um, the child, or the young boy, his sister, he met his sister who had passed away in the womb. And I think now that she was like five years old, and she hugged him, and he hugged her, and during their conversation, he said to his mother, I saw my sister, and of course he had a sister who, who was at the house. So she said, "Yeah, well, yeah, you, yeah, you live with her." No, I saw my sister. What was her name? And she says, "You guys never named her." Oh, it was just—it blew me away because <clears throat> I don't know how many people have seen this movie, and but I was so blown away because. You know, we've been doing a show now for 17 years, and and we've had Sharon on a number of times, and my friend Maria Dancing Heart, who had a book called The Last Adventure of Life, and we've had so many wonderful, Dr. Melvin Morris, and of course, so many wonderful people on the show, and uh, so, um, you know, we talked about that, and uh, thank you. Um, so it's really, it's really exciting to, to see this movie because all the things we talked about, the movie sort of portrayed. And, and I remember the pastor who stood up there in front of everyone and said, my son died or my son went to heaven and he wasn't really convinced that this is what happened. And of course, this is what we got for years from people who didn't believe that heaven is real. But Sharon, you know it's real, don't you? It is real. Heaven is real. And and you, 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 because, well, first of all, let me just back up here. Sharon <clears throat> wrote this wonderful book called A Song in a Wind, and <clears throat> we, I am going to put this on uh, stage as a musical, and Sharon's going to be traveling hopefully all over the United States doing this show 
but we're going to perform at the Washington Pla- Washington uh, Center for Performing Arts in Olympia, Washington, on May, I believe it's May 15th. And I just found out today that we're going to be performing in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, at the Stratus Wright Cathedral. That's and they'll be so the um, the tenors will be there on stage with Sharon in a full choir. And this is this is going to be a pretty spectacular show. But Sharon, tell us when you said when you got to heaven that everything is why. Of course, you named this movie or this book, um, and the movie will be called that as well. So we're going to film this, Sharon, as well. It's it's called a song in a song in the wind. And tell us why you named it that. Because while I was in heaven, I was standing in the garden, and everything had um, the most beautiful colors, and uh, there were flowers and trees, and and, um, everything had its own sound, its own pitch, and the grass had a sound, the leaves on the trees had a sound. The flowers had their own sound. So you um, you had said in your book that it sounded like a fine-tuned orchestra yes, when the wind blew. Everything had its own sound. I mean, pitch. pretty amazing and it to sounded me. sounded like an, an amazing choir and orchestra, and everything was singing praises to God. Yes, it was the most course. magnificent orchestra I've ever heard. Yes. The most beautiful music. And see, and that's what everybody, I, I have talked to dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and everybody I talk to says word for word what you just said, that the colors are brighter, that the, um, you know, in fact, um, Terry Householder, who's going to be on our show here soon, wrote a book called Power, Love, and a Sound Mind, and he um, was taken for a ride. Um, I believe it was Jesus took his hand and took him for a ride over the over heaven, and they flew over, um, and they saw. Terry says that they saw pastures with horses and big homes and manicured lawns, and he was just blown away by how big, first of all, heaven is, but more than that, how how it looked just like Earth, only it was more more color and more beautiful and and animals and all the things that we have here, only a little better there, I think. And Sharon, you were telling me about um, the big, huge um, building you went to that had pillars. Yes, there, there was one building that I saw, um, and inside the building there were people, and they were having a party, And I didn't know what the party was that they were having. I didn't know what kind of celebration that they were having. But in this building, they were, um, everybody was dressed up. The women were in these beautiful gowns. And the men were um, dressed up in fancy suits or or tuxes. Uh And... There was a piano over in one corner, and it had a candelabra on top of it and um, a vase with roses spilling out of it. And there, on the walls, there was magnificent paintings, and on the floor, there was, um, it was like a marble floor, and it had a beautiful pink rug, and uh, there was a chandelier hanging from the ceiling and over oh. in the other corner there was a table that was just heavily uh it, it had expensive linen on the table and it was just heavily laden with silver trays with meats and cheeses and fruits and there were flowers just overflowing on the table that was in every color that you could possibly imagine in fact there were no the colors were so rich and vibrant there were no uh words to describe the colors 
Well, you know, we talked about this because I had said to you that my mother, who lived to be almost 101, at at 100 years old, she ate as much as I did, and she'd have dessert after that. She was a little tiny thing, and she loved her food, so I was so happy to hear. And you had said that you, you eat because it's fun, not because you need to in heaven. Exactly. You don't need to eat to sustain life in heaven. You eat because it brings you joy. Um, And it's not because you need to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I had so many, I've had a lot of mediums on my show. And in fact, Diana, we're waiting for her to show up. I don't know what happened, but she um, should be calling in soon. We had um, Jeffrey Martz. I've had him on a couple times, and he has written a book also called Afterlife um, Interviews. And uh, and he actually, he got there just by, um, I guess this is his story. He, um, when he moved, his parents moved into a haunted house, and all these doors were slamming, and the rocking chair was moving, and he's, was he said he slept in that bed with the cover over his head for a few months, and finally he, when he grew up, or rather he moved out, they moved out of the house. He went to to London to become a medium because he wanted to know what this was all about and how this all worked. And he ended up being in that film Ghostbusters, where they they had the apparatus and they. The lights are dark and all this stuff. I'm sure it was on on the on the TV for a while. And he um, he said that he's doing this, looking for you know spirits or whatever you want to call it. And so, and this person said, "Hi, Mark. My name is John. What is yours?" And he just about fell on the floor because he was just like <laughs> I'm talking. It was just like. He went, wow, I, I really hear someone who's talking from the other side. And so he um, somehow got a group of people together, and he thought, well, maybe we can communicate. And so he he um, got, I think, 20 together, and he had 20 interviews. And it was phenomenal because he asked all these questions. What do you wear? What do you eat? And, and you're right, sir. And there's food up there, and all this stuff. And then, and how do you, um, what do you eat? How do you get around? And and um, all that stuff. Do you fly and all those things? And he said, they said you can, but you don't have to do that. You walk around just like you do here. And all those wonderful things that we have, we ask questions about. But I think he asked in his book. I think he asked 58 questions. All the things you want. Do they have dinners? And the answer is yes. And they have gatherings. And and with all the people up there who are stars, do they have concerts? And of course, the answer is yes. They have gatherings and they have dinners and they have concerts. That's probably one of the things you saw, Sharon, when you were there. I did see. Yes, I did. And they were having, uh, some of the people were singing along with the music. And some it. of the people were dancing. And, of course, I didn't know what the gathering was about, but they were very, very joyful and happy. It was and, you who told me my mother was going to a party? Or was it uh, Diana? One of you told me that my mother, they looked in on her and she was going to, because my mother at one time won at Charlton, Charlton's, the dance, Charleston, I guess it's called, dance yes. um, contest. Yes she, was, yes, she was going to a party. Was it yes, you? she was going yeah. to a dance, yes. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, was. Sharon has never met my mother or seen a picture of her, but she's the one who, and I don't think I even asked you about my mother, did I, Sharon? I don't think I said to you, but you had said to me, you recognize it was my mother. Right. <laughs> way, way back when we first started talking. And um, and I have to tell you something funny about this whole thing with my mother, who I spent l- literally years um, caring for, and she was very, very well and and dressed like a million dollars. And and I had to drag her out of the mirror because we I took her to work with me every day. 
come on, Mom, let's go. Just have my makeup. And she and I say, fine. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, it's just, she was so well and she was so full of it. So on when she had passed away and I had lost Maria Dancinghart, who is a friend of mine and who um, came here because I had called her. And she was a friend of, of yours, too, um, Sharon. Yes, I remember that. So yes. she um, she came here, and she we did radio together, and we did book signings together. Trisha had some great books out as well. And, um, and she had written to me and told me how happy she was here, and she was so happy that she came. And, and then um, I had her do a sh- couple of shows for me. And then um, I sadly found out that she got killed, got ran over by a, a car downtown Olympia. The guy wasn't paying attention. He went around the bend and ran over her and killed her. And uh, and she was with her friend who she had met and she really cared about. And, and it turns out um, he survived, thank God. But she was a great friend of mine, and we and we did many, many things, and... She was a pastor, and she was um, a pastor. And so um, I, hel- I helped do her funeral, and I went up to the radio station. On my way up there is what brought this all up, why I'm talking about this, is that I was really feeling sorry for myself. I was crying, and I was thinking about Maria, and I was thinking about my mother, and I was just really, I mean, I could hardly drive. It was so bad. And I, I, and I, I have to drive an hour from my house to the radio station, K-L-A-Y, which I was doing shows for years there. <clears throat> and when I got there, Diana was on my show at 12.30 or 2.30, and I got there at 1. So the minute I walked in the station, Diana got on the phone, and they said, the phone's for you. And I said, oh, I thought to myself, who's that calling me? And just Diana said to me, your mother just got a hold of me, and she told me to tell you to knock it off that she rode up in a car with you and you were crying to hardly drive and she's, you're fine and she's with you and now she's with you at the station and she's got a purple outfit on and purple shoes and purple purse and earrings and she said, you ought to see her, she's like a million dollars and she would say that. Anyway, so, of course, I need to hear that, I think. So, um, I did my show as a, as a dedication to my mother and Maria, and then I um, asked the producer for a copy of Maria's show, and of course he said, "Yeah, let, let me grab it for you." And he grabbed it, and he said, uh, you know, "I played on the way home, and it was just perfect." So I ended up playing her at her funeral because, believe me, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't talk. I was so devastated with her. I mean, she was my friend and. And we, she was a great lady. And um, at that time, we had a she had a funeral in Old Car, or Old, Old, in Shelton, one in Colorado, one in Arizona, and one in Seattle, and one in Japan. And I know I've said this, I've said this so many times. And you remember the the thing that she had said, Sharon, the card that she had sent us. Yeah. What the card said, she said, um, she said, I am happy, I am free, I no longer have constraints of time. I am, um, I thank you for sharing life and love with me. Um, may peace prevail on earth, and love is all there is. And then in Japanese, she wrote, thank you very much, because she was raised uh, in Japan with missionaries. So, I mean, so I, I had that printed with her picture on it and gave it to everybody at the funeral. And then I played her program that she had done. And it was so appropriate because it talked about, she told a joke about um, a guy who didn't believe in life after death and and he... And he and it was just a whole great story, and um, one of these days I'll play it on on this show because it was really touching. Anyway, so after the service, the, the boyfriend who was really, really close to her just said to me, 
you have no idea what this meant to me to hear her voice and to hear this. So it was just all perfect. That's wonderful. You know, so, I mean, and the life review, Sharon, you had a life review, and most of us have a life review. And what I tell people all the time, it's, and I don't know what yours was about, but I know I've heard so many of them, and a life review is that your life flashes in, in, before you. And in um, Jeffrey Mart's book, he says that everyone has a different life review, of course, because we all have different lives. But but sometimes it's on the, on the sky, and, and look, you look up, on a, you lay on the grass and look up, and some is just, you sit at a table. I don't know, did you sit at a table? You had yours? No. And my life review, um, it was like watching a movie yeah. uh, with an old-fashioned movie reel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was in black and white. Oh, yeah. And my two brothers were with me, one on either side, and God was behind me. And there were lots of other people that gathered around me for support and they were from all different time periods and I knew who these people were and they knew who I was, but I didn't know where I knew them from. And everyone was young. Um, I know. That's the other and, thing too. Yes. Yeah, Everybody's everyone 35. Is young. And everyone is happy and supportive and all there was was love. It was huge love. And, and God, at this particular moment, in in my experience, he was formless, but he was huge, and um, he was behind me, um, and all he did was pour his love out on me, and, he, and it was it was the the biggest love I had ever felt in my life. It, yeah, it they they, they say they say that is well, un- hello, unconditional love. We know that all there is is love. And that's what the life review that I've heard about, and I've it's written, I, I haven't experienced it, but I've I've had people tell me that you're you're sat down and you your life does flash before you, and the thing that gets you through this, I'm told, is how much you have loved. Right. How much? I, how much I have saw. you loved? And and the other thing is how much you have done for others. Right. Those are the questions that that pretty much that you are asked. You're and the other judged. thing is forgiveness. Right. And you're, and you're I, not I mean, judged. And, and you start off with yourself because you can't forgive anybody else unless you forgive yourself first. Exactly. And so this okay. is what I do know about that. And, and the other thing is, <laughs> I said, uh, we laughed about this because... You are made to feel, I don't know how if this happened to you, Sharon, but you're made to feel how you made other people feel in this, in, 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 you know, in, in the series of these, these um, life reviews. You have, you felt, for instance, a, um, a murderer would, he, if he murdered somebody, he would feel what the terror that this person felt when you murdered them. Right. In my this life review, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it went so fast. Yeah, um, it's, of course. I saw everything that I ever saw or did, or yes. or you know, everything from the moment of my birth yes. until that moment that I died. Everything yes. that I said or did, or 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 you know, everything that I said or did. And um, it went so fast, like a blink of an eye. I mean, it, and, yes, and all course. I felt was love, and there was absolutely no judgment whatsoever. And I, I learned and at that know, time that you judge yourself. Yes, and, exactly. I want people to hear this. You know, and I, I'm not, boy, you know, everybody, a lot of Christian people think this is really not good because, we don't talk about Jesus, but they're really, I mean, we do talk about Jesus, and Jesus is there. It's just like, I want to tell a quick story, Sharon, and I know you've heard this before, 
one of the people on my show for years was Dr. Melvin Morris, and Dr. Morris says, and on tonight, um, we've decided to have a show every other week about mediums and people and talking about Sharon's book and our show and and having people call in and ask if they'd like to have a reading. And, um, and so... Um, Dr. Melvin Morris was, uh, he was off this, he was, he's a brain specialist, and he was on call in an emergency room in, I believe, was San Francisco, was one of those hospitals, and was just starting to get into this whole program, and so, <clears throat> and I'll see if I can remember how this goes, but he tells a story that he... A girl got pushed in the water, and she was underwater 19 minutes. And she, um, of course, died. And so he um, taped her eyes closed. He intubated her by putting the tube down her throat and her nose all the way down to, to get the water out and all those things. And he worked at her for a very long time, and, and so... Um, he stopped and he put his head in his hands and he said, well, I'm not sure I can save this girl. He really had, you know, he had some some problems where he wasn't sure because it was so long and there was so much damage, he thought. And so, um, of course, he did pull her through. And, um, and so the next day or so when... You know, they always get you up and you're walking in a hall and he was doing his rounds and he runs into her and the parents. And um, she said to him, to her parents, there's a guy who put a tube up my nose. And and she said, what were you trying to do to me anyway? He said, I was trying to save your life. And she said... Well, I was pretty mad at you. I was standing right next to you. I couldn't get back into my body. I was mad, upset. And he went, what? And I saw you put your head in your hands, and I heard you talking uh, to yourself, saying, how can I know if I can save her? Well, how do you think I felt about that, she says. And so he asked if he could talk with me the next day, and they went to his office, and she told him this wonderful story about heaven, and that, when she was so troubled by not getting back into her body, a woman came, Elizabeth. It wasn't a Virgin Mary. It wasn't an angel. It was just by the name of Elizabeth. And she said, come on, take my hand. I'll help you. And she took her through the tunnel. And when they got to heaven, she saw her grandmother, who had passed away earlier. And her dog jumped in her lap and kissed her all over. And, and then she sat on Jesus' lap. And oh my God, she was just, oh, so, heaven was just phenomenal. She was just, oh, waterfalls and flowers and on and on. And so, Elizabeth, I want to show you something. Do you want to go home? And she said, no, I, why do I want to go home? I want to stay here. And Elizabeth said, I want to show you something. She opened up a porthole and she showed her with her mother with a new baby, and she said, your baby's going to, your mother's going to have a baby, it's going to be a baby boy, and it's going to have a heart problem, you have to go home and take care of her. And at that time, she came back through and came back in her body, and uh, that's how we started talking about life after death, and that was one of the things. And Dr. Morris, mind you, he he's a scientist. Unless you touch it, feel it, and smell it, he don't believe it. So, but he started his practice. He started doing this, and many, 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 because he was. He then came up to the University of Washington, and he studied many, many, many children. Some who, who were, you know, going to die, and some who, he just did this whole research. Of course, he's one of the top research people in the world, and I'm so happy to call him my friend. And he's. Now him and Jeffrey Smith are doing some phenomenal stuff, and you can tune in to hear them next week. But I mean, this is what this is all about, and we talked about this kind of stuff. And my friend Diana Goebbels, I'm sure she's listening. She um, was watching 
or rather her and her husband were making the film Deliverance. Did you hear the story, Sharon? I don't think you did. Um, no. Way back in, uh, you know, that's Burt Reynolds, I think. Or not Burt Reynolds. Who was it? I, it was Sidney Poitier, I think, and it was um, Tony Curtis, maybe? I think. I forgot now who it was. But it was Deliverance, and it was the whole movie was made on rapids uh, and rafts, and and so they decided to take the day off and play in their play because they've been doing lots of working long hours, and so Diana or Diane and her husband took separate rafts, and um, somehow hers got turned over, and mind you, she was like twenty some, twenty as an avid swimmer. And her raft got knocked upside down, and she says that it was like a washing machine, that it was just churning, and she'd go down and come back up, and somebody was trying to help her. And she finally said, leave me, go, because she thought she could, do, she could swim. But she ended up going down and down, and all of a sudden it was darkness, and she finds herself standing over top of this whole operation seeing people looking for her. You know, that's uh, what happens. You rise above all this stuff and you look down. Yeah. And um, she notices her husband who can't swim to jump in and save her. And she, you know, when you're in this state, if you even think about something, you all of a sudden now she's standing next to him and she goes and puts her hand, no, and it puts her hand through him, and she realized now she's dead because she didn't know she was gone. And so um, she had, she then from there she went to heaven. And uh, and she has a book out called um, It's a Veil. I believe it's through. I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the book. Um, but uh, we're going to have her on the show, and she'll talk about this herself because she's an avid writer, and she's written some books, and she's wonderful, and she's my friend. Um, well, it sounds wonderful. Oh, she yeah, and and again, now she's been. In fact, um, I just talked to her today, and she was wanted Dr. Morris's phone number. If Dr. Morris, if you're listening, she wants your phone number because she's been asked to do a couple of of um, studies on what happens to people. See, Sharon, I, I want to talk to you about this because this is very important. When people have your experiences, what happened to you afterwards? How did you get over this? I know that you spent some time in hospital. Was I not right about that? When I came back, you mean? Yeah. From my near-death? Yeah. When I came back from my near-death experience, I stayed in what I called a pink bubble, which was a state of oneness with God. Um, <clears throat> while I was in heaven, I sat on the log and I had a conversation with God. So I was face-to-face -face with God, and we talked for a very long time. And so you can't be in the presence of God and be face-to-face -face with God and not um, come back from that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yes. And so when I came back, I was in this state for about six months oh, of wow. being on what you call on the top of a mountain. I was in my mountain moment. Um, I was in a state of oneness with him. And... Um, I called it the pink bubble because I didn't know what else to call it. I had never heard of near-death experience. I had no one to talk to. I had no understanding of what exactly was happening to me. Um, I had, while I was in heaven, I had this, um, I felt like I was hooked up to a giant IV bottle of, knowledge. God was giving me yes. um, divine knowledge, um, yes. all-knowing. I've heard this um, from dozens of people say that, yes. So Anything you wanted to even, anything you thought about, you had a, had a question, you got an answer. Exactly. And, and even, even things that you didn't think about, you got answers for. 
I do know exactly. that. I had no no words to even ask the questions. Yeah, and exactly. God was answering it. So I had all of the um, answers to universal questions. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was one aha moment after another. And I kept walking around going, oh, my God, you're so awesome. This is so cool. And I, you know, it was like God is so simple, and we human beings make everything so complicated. And that's the one thing that I kept saying over and over, God, you are so amazing. You are so awesome. But when I came back, I still had bits and pieces of that knowledge. And um, I was able to see farther than I could ever see before. And um, I was having visions and, um, you know, I what still... What kind of visions uh, did you have? Um, well... Were, were you back um, up in heaven again? Yeah, I mean, did was, you did it, you replay that video earth. in your head? Yeah, it was like I was here on earth, but I was still in heaven. I could see um, flowers opening up, and I could oh. hear. Um, I could still see the colors, and um, I could well, still I could see auras around everything. Um, Which is, of course, every, is yes. Um, I could see um, farther. I could see blocks away where, wow. you know, you normally can't see that far away. I could see um, people's souls. How long, how long where, did that last? Did that last? I mean, do you still do that or no? Uh, it, it, it lasted about six months of the intensity that it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now I can still see um, people's auras. I can still, um, spirits will pop up, and I can see them just as clearly as I can see you. They are um, solid, like you are solid. You know, what Um, I want to share with the audience is, you know, I had, (laughs) my mother passed away. Um, She was well, all until about about two months or so, maybe a month. Two months, I would say a month out of her life. And then I had to, I tried to take care of her myself, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't be up all those hours and she needed more help. So I had to put her in a, a facility and I was with her. I slept there, so I didn't leave her. But I, so it was just really, it was hard like everyone goes through it. And But, you know, she still remained. I mean, she said to me, how's my makeup look? I say, Mom, you look beautiful. I even had her hairdresser come and do her hair for her because I know how important that was to her. And so, um, you know, and I... But, you know, I mean, um, all those kinds of things is what I remember. And and uh, it's just... Um, I was so lucky to have her and have her still know who I was. And I just read something on Facebook about a guy who had an appointment with the doctor, Sharon, and he said, I got to go, I have have to rush because I have to go be with my wife for breakfast. And he said, well, how is your wife? And he said, well, I've been going there now for five years and she doesn't know who I am. And the doctor said, well, why do you keep on going? Because I know who she is. Oh. Because I know who she is. And all I can say is my hat goes off to people who have people with Alzheimer's because it's it's tough. And I thank God every single solitary day that my mother didn't have that. I don't know what I would have done, how I would have handled it. Well, my mom had Alzheimer's. Well, you she know. She died from it. And um, it is very, very difficult. Um, I was with well, you know, Sharon, they always, they always say that they never give us any more than we can handle. And I believe that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I have gotten to really care about you and love you. And, I mean, we've been friends now for a very long time. And speaking about that, Sharon's book cover, <clears throat> you have to look it up online, 
it's a she come up with this beautiful cover, lavender and pink. And the cover says A Song in the Wind by Sharon Milliman. And then I got the idea that I wanted to do some cards because what I remember about funerals, God, I remember about funerals, is that, okay, so you have a funeral, you go through that whole thing, and then weeks or months later you get the cards and you look them up and you look and see, and you read all this sad stuff that people write. And, of course, and I mean, how do you, what do you say when someone you care about or someone, family member, passes away? So Sharon is, besides being now a book writer and an author and all those things, and she's also writes poems, and... And I said to Sharon, let's print these this book cover like cards and let's open them up and let's put May Peace Be With You on one pay on one side and the other side we're gonna put one of her poems. And um I don't have one right here. Do you have your you know read one of your poems, can you? Uh, sure. Do you have your book right there? Out of her book. And we're going to put a poem. I I had 100 cards made, and I'm going to sell them to bookstores because I want people to send these to people who are grieving because it's a very positive message. And the one that I, I had printed, Sharon, was, because Sharon hasn't seen them yet, is the grief, about grief. Do you have that poem right there? Um. Did you, The Celebration of Life, is that the one? It was about grief. I just don't, don't remember. Um, wait, I have it right here. I found it. Okay. I'll read it. Okay, you read it. <laughs> because it says, oh, I believe. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, God, this is beautiful. And and, and it's on the, it says, I believe that when you can make your grief and teach it to smile, you have been given strength. When you have outcome your own fear and help others to do the same, you are now brave. When you see a flower and give it blessings, you have experienced happiness. Diane when you own a pair of does not bind you and to to plain when you own a pair when you own the pair when you when you own the pain this does not bind you the pain for others is that will truly know love and comparison in your own heart when you know the limits of your own wisdom. You're truly wise and you know you are alive when tomorrow hopes means more to you than yesterday's. The stage freedom is when you are are in control of yourself and and do not wish to control others. It is honorable when you find your honor to honor others. Humbleness humbleness is when you don't know how humble you are and you are thoughtful when you see and treat people just as you would want to be treated. You are uh, generous when you can take as simple, simply as you give and you know that. The beautiful when you don't need a mirror to tell you so. You do a beautiful job with that, Sharon. Thank you. I Diana mean, every everyone. Hello. Hi. That was just beautiful. Sharon wrote that, and we have a card now. Oh, it's wonderful. So, how are you feeling? I'm feeling very good. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, this is Diana Whitey. You go in. Diana is a friend of mine and on my 
Hi. on my show for a few years now, and um, she's a medium, and I want to invite people to call in. We have a few, we have about 10, 15 minutes before the show is over to have people call in if they'd like to and have a reading from Sharon, and Sharon together and Diana will give you a reading. Um, our number is, um, I think our producer will tell you the number there to call in. Actually, you can call in at 888-627-6008. And let me give it to you again. That's 888-627-6008. That's perfect. That's in the Um, United States. Yeah, and um, and we're going to give you a well, they're going to give you a free five-minute reading, and then anybody else who wants more can email us at josephvarley at hotmail dot com. That's josephvarley at hotmail dot com, or you can email directly to um, to Diana. And you have that email, Diana? Yes, it's in the light at dianawhiteeagle.com and that's d-i-a-n-a w-h-i-t-e e-a-g-l-e dot com so have you, have you been listening to the show? no I, I listened to some of it I couldn't uh, I couldn't get a hold of you guys oh I'm sorry well anyway we're happy you're with us and yeah, we're going to do this every other it. week guys and so anybody who wants a reading um, Diana's Diana, we talked about Maria dancing hard, and Diana saw her sharing with my mother. And Maria had a white gauze outfit on, and she, you know, when you when you pass away and you go to heaven, you get to be 35 again or whatever age you were the best at, and you get to have anything you want. And and there, knowing Maria the way I knew her, she decided to have her her silver hair. She never colored it. So, um, and I know that about her. She wouldn't do that because she just loved the way she was. Um, After my mother passed away, um, I saw she uh, appeared to me um, several times. Um, One time after her dog passed away, um, she my mom appeared to me and she was wearing a pair of khaki capris, a black. Um, sleeveless shirt and black shoes and she was standing in the flower garden and her dog Isabel had been put to sleep and within an hour after she passed away um, uh, the dog was put to sleep my mom appeared in the flower garden standing in the flower garden at my house and she was standing there she she was appeared to be about 24 years old and she was kind of crouched down a little bit, and Isabel was running at breakneck speed and jumped into my mom's arms and oh, was wow. licking her face. And my mom was just laughing as Isabel ran into her arms, and she caught her, and Isabel was just licking her face, and mom was laughing. Oh, wow. Hey, and, um, I'm sorry, Sharon. We have a caller. On uh, okay. on the line there for you guys to talk to. Her name is Starlene. Hi, Starlene. Hello? Hi, welcome. Well, thank you. Um, say, what can say, we, what can Sharon and I do for you tonight? Yeah, say hello to Diana and uh, Sharon Milliman. Hi. Hello, Diana. So I had a, a, a little brother that that. Um, committed suicide. It's been 15 years now. He was 23 or something when he did it, which which in turn ended up making my mom, which is actually, Joey is is, is my mom's cousin, or my, my uncle. Oh, yes, by God, yes. How are you? Okay. I'm glad you called. I've been wanting to call, but I just never could figure out how. Oh, good. I'm glad you called. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead and talk with her. Sharon, yeah. go ahead. What do you get? Hello? I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Is this Sharon? Or Charlotte? Sharon? Yes. 
Starlene. It's Starlene, yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I just asked Sharon what she had gotten, if she can uh, access anyone or the little boy, which is he's not so little anymore. No, I mean, not. you said he was 23? He was 20, I think 23 when he passed. He would be maybe 35 now. No, oh, yeah, that's the that's that's perfect age, 35. So do you guys Are you see? Through? Well, I'll let Sharon give this a go because she's she's pretty accurate tonight. So, Diana, do you see anything? Yeah, I see a guy. He, I don't know who this person is. He seems to be on the thinner side, and he's of medium height, and he's got, um, this one has brown hair and kind of, um, hold on a second, a big smile, but he's, um, well, the message I'm getting is he he's so sorry, he's so sorry that this happened, and he just wasn't right at the time. But what they did, they fixed him. That um, they cocooned him and they got him all. Um, he couldn't feel anymore. He felt like he was numb. Um, I don't know what he was going through at the time, but it was so awful that he didn't want to be here anymore. He he's just saying, I I couldn't stay one more day. I'm so sorry. I just couldn't stay. Um, it seems to me, uh, this is your brother or your son. It's my brother. Okay. It's, uh, it feels like there was something going on with his parents and him that he, um, anyway, it seems like something, was he having trouble with his mother or a father? Uh, he, had a, he had a way older girlfriend that he was getting killing and, well, older. somebody five years older than him. Well, this is this felt like somebody that really, really was doing a number on him, and he just couldn't handle it anymore, and he numbed out, and he, um, I don't know that at the time he knew he was going to do this. I think it was more, it feels almost like it, it wasn't so, it was almost like, I wish somebody could save me, but I don't know, I can't take this any long, longer. But was he kind of on the yeah. thin side? He, he um, no, he wasn't thin at that time, no. He's, he, he was working on it. <laughs> yeah, well, he will know that he is thin now. He's showing me being thin. And I guess this was one oh. of his aspirations. But, um, okay, I'm going to ask him to show me a picture of what he used to look like. Oh, he's crying. I'm sorry. Um, he's just saying Diana, he's, he's so sorry. gathered to... around a lot of people. There's a lot of people around him. Do you see that? Yeah, I see that. I see that there's a whole bunch of you people. You know who's there? But... I mean, is his mother. Is his mother your... Yes. Your, your grandma? Yes. Your grandma there. Yes. Yes. Albert and Blanche and, and, Rose, and Rosemary... Um. Oh, that's yeah. There's a lot of people. I love it. But Sharon really gets a really good reading on this. So, um, well, she was saying, she was happy that you joined her tonight because she said together it's really powerful. So yes, we're going to do this every other Monday. We want to get people to call in, and and uh, I do know that. I, I have a woman who's going to be on, too. She's a medium, and she tells me she specializes in talking about suicides. And what she says is that when you do do this, they, they take you to a, like she just said, uh, Diana, to a, like a place that they fix you. That they, yep, they fix you and, and believe me when I tell you, he's never been better. They right. really there is there is a place that you go. When, and I saw this when I had my near-death experience, there is a place that you go when 
there's been a traumatic death and they counsel you for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, and they have specially trained mentors, teachers, um, uh, special angels. Um, and that's where you go if you've had a traumatic death. And see, and you need to forgive yourself. And that's what the, one of the things that we talked about. Because well, we've, we're know? so down on ourselves. We're so angry right. at ourselves. And they fix us so, I mean, they fix whoever this person is so that they can feel love, all the love that's up there. Because love is just permeated in the air. And when they come out of this rehabilitation place, for a better word, they're, they can, they're, they're, they're joined by their they families are. again. But if you can just um, imagine all the love you could possibly ever get, all this is just, oh, it's just, you just feel it through every pore in your, in your soul. You yeah, feel this love. Beyond anything that we feel here. It's, it's just so amazingly wonderful. Um, anyway, what I get from, from what I see is that he wants you to know he's thin now. He's managed to be thin, and he's, he's so happy, but as I said, he said he's so sorry he left because they do show them and they let them feel how people around them feel yeah, the yeah. pain. That, yeah, and they go through that so that they know that they hurt everybody. But it's like he said, he couldn't stay one more day for some unknown reason. But if anybody else has anything to say, go ahead. He sends his well, love. Whoops. Well, you That's know, Rosemary, good. which is her mother, <clears throat> um, how old was she when she passed? Starling? How old was your, was your mother when she passed? Is she with us? No, she dropped off. Oh, okay, that's fine. She probably needs to have some. She probably needs to have some private time. That's okay. Um, well, you know, this is a lot of information. When you, when it hits you, it makes you yes. remember how you felt. And I yes. mean, sometimes you got to step off her lip, and you can handle it, but then sometimes it just gets you in your heart. And you just well, you know, we're, we, we're going to do a whole, we're going to do a whole hour on suicide because so, so a lot of people have this all wrong and they think that you're, it's your, you know, that you go to hell or whatever the case may be and, and you don't. There's no, nope. you're not, yeah, you're not, um, all you all you get is love. You really do, and, and like you say, it's a fact that you do go up to a place that you get fixed. Mhm. Yep. I was glad she called. I had no idea she was going to call. I haven't talked to her for God years. Wow. I hope she wasn't disappointed. Um, oh, I don't. I don't I, think she's disappointed I, at all. Why would she be? I. I well, he said it was him. And he was thin. And being that she said that he had wanted to be thin, and he was working on it when he left, he, I mean, he got there. He, he You have whatever you want. I know, yeah, that's right. Well, I'm so, I'm so happy you're with us, um, Diana. I'm happy you're with us. Um, Sharon, it's, it's been a great show, and I think our time is almost up. Um, well, thank you for having me. Oh, and well, I want to—I want to remind people again that we're going to do this this show, um, a song in the wind. Was um, Sharon Milliman is going to be narrating it, and we're going to be able to have a, a full choir as well as the tenors who are going to sing the praises of our Lord and Sharon's wonderful journey to heaven. I mean, how exciting is this? I can't tell you how exciting I was to put this on. And um, if I had enough together, I could put on for Easter. But I think that uh, we're going to be doing this all up and down the coast, I think. 
Um, it will be exciting. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for... for well, thanks, um, God. Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for yeah. listening. Um, <clears throat> again, we're going to have this every other Monday at 8 o'clock Pacific Time. We'll have people call in and... Um, and we'll talk to um, people about their family members and stuff like that. And so um, I wanted to just say, again, thank you, Sharon Milliman, and thank you, thank Dinah you. White Eagle. And um, this is Joseph Varley Presents. Goodbye. <laughs>